What's up, you dirtbags? Before we dive into this episode, I want to give a huge shout out to one of our day one supporters, Kinetic Leasing. If you've ever listened to the podcast before, you've definitely heard us talk about them. Uh, they are our go-to team for money questions and also getting approved for financing. Uh, not only do they help us, but they help many others that listen to the podcast get approved for financing. It's an application only financing up to $250,000 on approved credit. Uh, they have fast approvals and you can save cash with no money down. At the very least, just give them a call, see what you can get approved for, and then check your rates. A couple ways you can reach out to them. You can give their office a call. It's at 701-476-0221. Just make sure to mention that the Dirtbag sent you and uh, they'll definitely help you out. And then you can also email them, sales at kineticlease.com. We also have all of their information on the Dirt Bags podcast website. So go check them out, tell them we sent you, and uh, let's get into it. All right, what's up, you Dirt Bags? My name is Luke Egebraten, and I'm here with the man, Luke Payne. Cheers, brother. I don't have a drink with me tonight. I don't know why, but I I know. I just I just honestly I know why I don't have a drink tonight. Last Saturday, Riley and I went out for a birthday party of one of her friends. The 30th, we, right? Yeah, yeah, it was it was her friend uh, Nicole. And dude, we I feel like I didn't drink a whole lot, but the next day her and I were just like we got smoked by a bus. A little banged up. Oh, yeah. We're like, what the fuck happened? And I mean, at the time, you don't feel like you're drinking a lot. and But the next morning, you're like, I have the worst headache that I think I've ever had in a long time. What's and so that? I what still think I have a hangover. What were you drinking? Oh, dude, everything. Um, SoCo Sprites. We went to dinner first. And obviously, where we went to dinner was a little bit fancier. So I was you know, 18 year Knob Creek on the rocks. And then I had a, I had a dirty martini. So, you know, some weird drinks, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's invited to the party, I guess. Yeah, dude, I was all over the board. So maybe it's because of the mixing of the alcohol from the headaches, but. Dude, I mean, you're also 27 now. So that's. Uh... I remember like being 21 and you could drink two cases of beer. Like. Two thirty. Well, I don't think anybody could actually drink two thirty racks, but just say a thirty rack, and yeah. you wake up the next morning, you'd be like, "Fuck, I'm ready to do it again." Yeah, no, that we were a different animal at that age, and yeah, getting to the point too, like especially when we're at the the Dirt World Summit there. Um, I'm I'm kind of glad you weren't there because I feel like we would have stayed out longer. But dude, I would have uh, been a bad influence on you. Yeah, like one of the nights we were just having like so much fun, and I woke up the next morning like crusty and i just really didn't make the morning workout i could not scrape myself out of bed but i did just in time for you know when the event started but yeah i missed a few of the optional stuff that's funny yeah it'll get you i don't know what it is like it's i always tell myself i'm like god i'm not gonna drink a whole lot because the next day i never feel good and then i drink too much anyway apparently and i just feel like shit the next day so i'm like i need to become a monk or something and just not Dude, drink 75 hard jump i know off. i told i told riley as soon as we get pregnant i'm gonna do 75 hard yeah honestly that makes sense though because she won't be drinking either and like yep. you might as well roll right into it but um no yeah i think that uh that'd be good yeah so that'll be fun so i'll have to keep you updated on that good stuff um yeah dude so we've got a q a episode um we were gonna do one in a while 
yeah, we were going to do this on the last one. Then we just started ranting. We're like, well, this is going to be the rant it's episode. It's going to be a rant episode. Um, we've got a couple questions, you know, that came in over the last couple of weeks and mm-hmm. definitely something I want to bring up here and talk about. But um, yeah, anytime anyone listening has a question, feel free to just text it over to me or Luke or just send it to our you know Instagram DM. Uh, usually we'll go through these, I don't know, like once a month or twice a month, something like that. I would say DM us on Instagram because yeah. Yeah, I I lose my texts. Like there's texts that I found from two weeks ago that I'm like, didn't know I had that one. So DM us on Instagram. If you have to yeah. text us, text us. But that's even better. Good, yeah. good stuff. But um, yeah. So uh kind of the first one I wanted to dive into. I thought this was like a really, really good question. Um basically it comes in knowing when someone is the wrong fit how to deal with it and what it could cost to your culture. So this is from the perspective of a business owner in construction. So how do you know when someone is the wrong fit? As like from the owner standpoint, you'll know when somebody is the wrong fit, probably within the first, I'll give it a month. You give it a month grace period, right? Because we call the first two weeks, the honeymoon stage to where you know, everyone's happy, everyone's, you know, or the person's there and he's trying his hardest and blah, blah, blah. But then when things don't quite go the way that maybe things had been, or, you know, there's challenges posed, that's when you really get to start to see the true side to where within those first two weeks, it's probably not going to let, or it's probably not going to affect them as much. But then after those two weeks, they're going to be like, Hey, why the, you know, why the fuck is this happening or this and that? So I would say within a month, you'll know kind of when that culture or when that person doesn't fit your culture. Yeah. So let me throw this at you then. So this guy had been with the company for years. I don't Mm. know how many, my guess, maybe we'll say three years he's been with the company. So he helped build a lot of the culture. The team's about, the team went up to about uh, six people down to about three. And he was like that core piece. So Mm. um, what do you, what are your thoughts on that? Was he the reason? I mean, so from the beginning, was he the reason for the growth and the decline or? I think so. Yeah. I think a bit yeah. of both, I would say. And, and then, yeah, just kind of started sliding down and got kind of worse and worse. And so I think that poses the question is like, you know, it, it was going well. So how do, how do you know when it is the wrong fit? Because like, as you get past the one month, the one year, things seem to be going well, you're making money, you're, there is some sort of culture there that you're building but then uh, starts to slide. Like, how do you notice that? Mm, so I, I kind of view that as a different way. So if I, if I hear about somebody that's been with the company and they're trying to help build the company, and then all of a sudden it takes, you know, a 180 and things are declining and it's going the opposite way, what is the owner doing, right? Is there is there empty promises given? Is there, you know, things not being delivered? Is it, you know it stems from the top. So you can't blame it on the guys. You got to blame it on your, you know, you call it your success team or, you know, your top guys, the owner, whatever the case may be, what are they doing wrong? You know? So that's where my head goes right away. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, look in the mirror type of thing of like, okay, well, have I been communicating that vision? Have I been uh, communicating a plan? Like, do I know where they want to be in the next six months or the next year? Like what their goals are? Um, and most of the time too, of course, like as a leader, uh, if you do that, you're like, okay, there's, I can be doing more. And, uh, I think a lot of that comes down to communication and like setting aside that time for it. 
um, you know, as especially in construction, like these guys are so busy that it's probably a tough time. They f- it's a tough time for them to find that time, but you got to make it. And so mm-hmm. I, my recommendation would be at least at the end of the year, you know, in December sometime, and then potentially like one day right in the summer. And it could be like a 30 minute sit down, maybe at five, five thirty PM, you know, mm-hmm. or before the work day. And just to like, just to seed those goals again. Like, Hey, I know you started with us two years ago. Like, how do you think it's going? Like, are you happy? Do you hate it here? Is there anything we can do to like make your job suck less? Um, yeah. Cause there's, you know, your job is always going to suck a little bit mm-hmm. and you know, is there anything that we can do to help? And then just having those goals and those expectations out on the table, I think can really help with knowing if they're even the right person at that point, because I think it can change as it, as it goes along. I agree. I think owners lose sight of company development compared to, you know, the personal development within the company. Those are hand in hand. I think people just look at the company development and figure, well, if the company's succeeding, then obviously these guys are going to stay. Well, no, there's more to that. Okay. What are their goals? Like you had said, you got to look in the mirror and kind of ask yourself, you know, what would I want if I was working with this company? You know, what were, what would my expectations be? Mm, Yeah. And then, you know, the second and third part, like how to deal with it as, you know, it's starting to slide. And then, you know, I think the culture part's interesting because in this scenario, um, you know, there's a big culture hit all of a sudden, like, you know, the last three years, this guy's been working with them. He, he leaves or he actually got you know fired. And now it's like, we got to rebuild the culture. And I think I'm going to answer my own question here, but I think you got to start from the top again and say, you, you know, reestablish those goals and that vision. And then you got to rebuild it. And sometimes that's not a bad thing, uh, especially if you're growing as a company, you need to like reset then grow again. Like mm-hmm. things are going to break uh, no matter what. Um, but yeah, you got to just keep reassessing and keep rebuilding, but you got to set a different foundation each time you grow and then you have a setback like this. 100%. Yeah, you just answered your own question. Everything, if 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 you are a leader, you have to look at it in the sense of everything is my fault. Everything yeah. stems from me. And if you have that mentality, your job is going to be a lot easier because then you aren't in the habit of pointing fingers or you're trying to blame others. You know, only poor leaders blame others, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, and obviously we've talked about it before, but extreme ownership, mm-hmm. taking ownership of it. It's, it's your business. You start, you know, it's, it's all you and you're the leader of that business. And so it, it has to stem from you. Um, and also too, there's something to like, not everyone's going to be a good fit. You're, you're going to lose clients. You're going to lose uh, projects. You're going to lose people on your team. It's it just, it happens. It's business. It's going to happen everywhere. And so I think there's a little bit of that, like, I don't want to say expectation, but uh, a little bit where it's like, yeah, it's business. Like you're not going to keep people forever. And so how can you build something, you know, build a culture so that like somebody else can come in and enjoy that culture and like be a part of that culture. But uh, Mm -hmm. no matter what, I mean, you're going to have people leave and you're going to have those hits to your business and you just got to, you know, I guess, deal with it a little bit. Yeah. And just keep on moving, you know, build a place where you would want to be in the simplest form, but 
No, that was that was a good question. Good scenario, interesting scenario, because I feel like a lot of people, you know, can probably relate to that. But it when that starts happening, you know, like you that Jocko, where you know, looking down sight, whatever, takes yep. a step back to look around. That's what you have to do in those situations, I feel like. Yeah. When when he gave that example, it made and he had a full story with it, of course, and uh about the whole mission. And it just it made so much sense. You know, you, like take a step back look around, then go back down sites. And he related it to business perfectly. But um, so one, another question I had kind of stemming off of that, I was having a conversation um, with one of our clients a couple of weeks ago and maybe a similar situation, but they recently had two of their main guys leave and, you know, it's coming to their slower season a little bit. Uh, I think one's starting their own business and one is just doing something else, a uh, different industry. And, you know, the conversation, you know, they, the owner and the company, they pride themselves in paying a lot more in the area for, and it's a landscaping company, paying a lot more for these employees. And they're just like, well, what's, what's the point? Like, it seems like we, we try and pay more, we do all this, but like, it seems like people don't even care about the money. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? And yeah, just, I thought it was super interesting that. Um, that came out dude we've had that this year to where i mean i would say we pay above average or we, you know we i know we pay more than 99 percent of the companies around us what i've learned is sometimes for certain people it isn't about the money you know it's about job quality it's about you know happiness beyond work it's happiness within work it's you know, mental states, it's the ability and freedom that you have, you know, all of those factors come into play. Because again, this, for people that have, you know, the outlook on, I want to grow with this company, right, they're going to be a team player, but they're going to be picky on space. And if they don't meet certain criterias, I feel like that's when you start to see the exits. And it becomes not about the money at that point. Yeah. And then there's the push and pull as the business owner of how much do you give and how much do you pull back of like, no, that we have expectations here. Meaning like, you know, you don't want to be walked over, but you also want to provide your employees um, sometimes with like what they want. And I don't know, it's, it's an interesting battle you have to always have with yourself. And I think you always just need to kind of reset to, you know, the numbers essentially and yep. like okay well, i can't give you more in a salary so w what else is it and sometimes flexibility is a big thing and does that mean you you work monday through wednesday and you're off thursdays at 10 a.m like probably not but yeah not what, in this industry you know not exactly yeah not yeah. in that industry and so what is the issue what are what are we working with here maybe mm -hmm. it's like uh fridays they have to leave at three to pick up their kids from whatever and maybe you can make that work. So, um, yeah, communicating with them, but also not, you don't want to give too much and just, you know, get walked over. And then all of a sudden you're, you know, you don't even have solid ground to stand on. The problem is I think there's a lack of expectation with a lot of companies because of the labor shortages. They put up with the bullshit because they need the people there. Even, you know, say they come late or they're leaving earlier. Or, hey, I'm just not going to show up today. Companies have been putting up with that because they need that labor force. 
I, I really, I mean, what we try to do is set a clear expectation and I'm not saying it always works. There's stuff, you know, that we yeah. have to put up with too, but that's what you do as a business. But if you set that clear expectation and if those expectations aren't being met, unfortunately you let them go because that sends a message throughout your whole company. We are here yeah. to achieve. We are here to, you know, crush our goals. We're here to, you know, build something. And if you can't get on board with our vision, our expectations within the business, we don't want you here. Yeah. And that dude, that's spot on. And that's you holding your ground there and just saying like, you know, we're not going to conform to everything that, yep. that you want just because, and you know, you're, you're also just one person. And so mm -hmm. we're building something much bigger for many other families as well. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's your business. You're in the captain's yep. chair. You get to decide how it's run. I had a conversation with a guy here the other day and he was asking about Christmas bonuses. He's like, Luke, you know, what are, what are you doing for your guys? And I was like, well, you know, here's kind of what we're thinking. He's like, ah, you know, these guys really, you know, they just showed up. They didn't really do much. They didn't outperform. But you know, if, you know, if I were to give them like two grand, do you think they would stay? And I was kind of like, what? I was like, you don't have to give them anything. I was like, they, yeah. they, yeah, it's a bonus. Like there, there should be no expectation that that is to be given to them, you know, yeah. or it's expected. It's always appreciated, but never expected. And that's kind of that same mentality of, you know, if you don't get a Christmas bonus, you don't get a Christmas bonus, right? There's probably some underlying factors to it as far as maybe business profitability, how much were, you know, mistakes within the business, yeah. repairs in the business, right? It, that all comes into play and it's, yeah, it, it kind of irritated me when he brought that up because I was like, people do expect them. I, I get that, but it's not a guarantee. And I think people think that there's a lot more guarantee in this world than there actually is. Yeah, for sure. Uh, dude, that's I love that topic because I've been thinking about that a lot. And it's something I'm purposely doing everything I can to avoid is the uh, is um just the expectation of it. And, you know, granted it's right now we have one full-time employee and a lot of contractors. So for me, it's pretty easy to just to say like, there is no bonus, Yeah. but if, if we have a great year, I, there may be a bonus. I'm going to do my best way. to take care of you. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I think there's a lot of that trust that comes with it too, where it's like, yeah, I, you know, Luke or the team always takes care of me. Like we're, I'm going to be fine. Like no matter what, and I'm just going to keep working hard. And then, and then you also have to to show that too. And so I have been reading a lot about that and it's just like not having a set percentage, not having a set amount, not having a set even timeline. And so I've been thinking of different ways to kind of bring that in. And one thing I thought of, which I don't know if I'll do it or not, but is have, uh, since it's just one employee, uh, mm -hmm determine a bonus that I'm able to give and then uh, do three envelopes, one for January, February, and March, just send them say, you know, open this, you know, each once each month yeah. and then, then have a one check in each of, in each of them that are all different numbers. And so there's like no rhyme or reason to it. It's different. It's, it's yeah. fun for them. They don't have to spend it all at one time. Um, and the way we do it too, is like you get your vacation pay, paid out if you don't use it so like yep. there's that's there's cool money too um but yeah like it's none of it's none of it should be expected but a lot of times it is it is but and it's just again it's kind of the atmosphere that has been created 
All right, you dirtbags, we're going to take a quick break to thank one of our sponsors, Lambert Insurance Services. If you know Luke and I, you know we started this podcast to provide value to the construction industry. When we went to seek out an insurance company to work with, there's not a whole lot that are specific to the industry. And we really didn't want to work with a generalist agency, so we kind of put that on the back burner. Then we got to meet Sam Lambert. Sam is a fellow dirtbag himself. He's been in the industry for a long time, but he also started his insurance company in 2008, specifically for construction companies. So when we had that conversation, we knew that this would be the perfect match. Uh, so we started working with him and he's been incredible. He leads first. He wants to be a resource first and an insurance agency second. They can help with provide general liability, workers comp, commercial truck insurance, insurance for equipment, and so many more different avenues that he can provide coverage for. The great part about it is, you know, they're licensed in most states and they always quote through multiple companies. So that's how you know you can get a competitive rate. And even better, uh, Sam, he's the owner. He wanted to provide his cell number just so if you have any questions, specifically from the dirt bags, you can always text him, give him a call, ask to compare plans or just ask, you know, what his rates would be. And then he can help direct you to the right place or answer your question from there. His number is 385-204-5799. Or you can reach them at their website, which is lambert-ins.com. So reach out to him if you have any insurance questions. We're very excited about this partnership. Uh, Sam is an awesome guy and we're just excited to continue providing value for all you dirtbags. So thank you, Lambert Insurance. Give him a text, shoot him a call, let him know that you're fans of the Dirtbags podcast. All right, you dirtbags. Are you tired of tedious manual data collection and costly field studies in your quarry or sand and gravel operations? Let's talk about Vantage Point, the first quarry operation software crafted to meet the high demands of modern data-driven quarrying. Seamlessly connect all of your equipment data and access the crucial information you need instantly. Be the hero of your operation by boosting efficiency, exceeding your productivity goals, and bottom line revenue with Vantage Point. Discover why four of the top six aggregate material producers in the U.S. are using Vantage Point. Visit vantagepointquarry.com slash dirt to learn more. Um, yeah. I, that's a that's kind of a wormhole or a rabbit hole of a topic but just the just the little guarantees in this world to where we see it employees think that the owners owe them in a way when it comes to certain situation it's like it doesn't work like that you know so it but it's hard to relay that too because as an owner you know it is your job to take care of your employees yep. but it's you know where do you draw that line yeah what are your what are your uh what are your thoughts on pizza parties <laughs> I hate pizza parties. I, I'll, you know, we'll buy pizza for lunch for the guys, but I'll never fucking throw a pizza party and be like, hey, thanks for all your hard work. You guys earn those two slices of pizza. I hope that ties you over for hopefully the next year. Uh, keep at it. No, that's just a huge slap in the face. I, those, yeah, no, I hate pizza parties. Uh, dude, that was those pizza parties that we, we recorded that episode and <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I can't even remember what it was titled, but we had some people come back and they're just like, should we be throwing a pizza party? <laughs> like yeah. they sent us a picture of them doing it. And I was just like, I don't think that was the the total point of the the episode, but I uh I thought that was 
so so funny when we came that was a funny episode we got we got a bunch of different mixed reviews from that one yeah no but it's it's deep down the idea of it and you know i love pizza i love pizza parties but i love pizza too but i'll never use it as a form of appreciation unless it's like a lunch but i'll never call a pizza party and be like here you go thank me you know right and i know some companies do that so if you are a company that does that fucking stop Uh, uh, okay. we all know we all know how you feel about pizza parties you know how i feel there is no secrets when it comes to those okay i've got one here for you luke this is kind of a kind of an in in-depth and long one here i want to get your take on this all right you, i'm just reading from how we wrote it here my question resolves around two aspects first when you were in the early stages of growth how did you establish connections with larger G- gcs and embark on larger commercial projects and developments Second, what would be your top advice or key takeaway for growing a company based on your experiences, whether it's about finding the right team, implementing effective systems or something else? I appreciate the positive. Oh, this is cool. I deeply appreciate the positive impact you and Luke are making in the dirt community and eagerly waiting your response. Thanks again. That was nice. Wow. That was nice of him. That's a nice little treat to get at the end. That's way yeah, better. Absolutely. Than um, Let's break that down. Maybe we'll do the first question from your point yeah. of view. And then in that second question, we'll probably need to break that down into like the three parts between the systems and honestly, yeah. Because they things. all kind of go hand in hand. But okay, so first part of that. When you were in the early stages of growth, how did you establish connections with larger GCs and embark on larger commercial projects slash developments? That's a good question because you can't just dive into the commercial world, right? You really kind of have to work your way into like, you, you start at residential, right? And then you work your way into bigger residential projects, you know, and it's kind of that system that you always talk about, Luke, you see a lot of, you know, landscape companies, you know, they start up, they start in the landscaping world, kind of gives them a taste of that contracting type with landscapes. Yeah. And then they try to get into a little bit of the dirt work, whether it's like final grading or, you know, smaller stuff. And then they start digging basements. You know, when they start digging basements, then they kind of get an idea. Okay, you know, maybe I can, maybe I could go dig a, uh, you know, whatever it might be, uh, a shop for somebody or something like that, you know, and that's kind of how they grow into that commercial space. And I mean, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes, it takes a couple of years to really kind of grow a reputation to like, hey, I can take on, you know, this scope of project you know, this amount of work and all of that. And you never really stop learning is the problem either. So there's not like a cure all answer. It's just my advice would be to start small, learn everything you can and just keep growing. And I know we've talked about, you know, similar topics before kind of, you know, the loving where you're at and learning what you can. But in my opinion, that's where it starts. So. Yeah. And I would definitely say there too, um, I, th- I think I know who wrote the question, but I'm not sure. But um, especially if we're in our 20s, not saying yeah. you need to wait until you're 30 or 40 to go do commercial projects, but um, there's a lot to just continue building, um, like you said, with residential and as we keep growing and and going through like the ebbs and flows of business, but uh, just continuing to like put your best foot forward in whatever you're doing um, yeah. with the growth mindset like you're going to get there mm-hmm. um but i think you're going to get there at a good pace uh yeah. and there's so many people out there that 
uh, dive into commercial way too quickly and then they get caught with their pants down and then they ruin their whole reputation and then they're especially, out of business. especially in a local community yeah then they're out of business with a mountain of debt maybe and a bunch of bad decisions and so it's like yeah let's let's learn along the way i'm glad you said that too and each and every project and each and every year under your belt you're going to learn something Um, and then continuing just to network with others outside of your local community. That's why, you know, uh, con expo, Instagram, like, um, these other shows and just platforms are great because you, you pull your head up out of your local community and see, you see like what other people are doing and what other problems they're solving. And then you just reach out to them and you, you know, ask them some questions, jump on a call. Um, I don't know if there's any like masterminds within, construction but that would be something interesting i know there's a lot of like associations that meet and stuff like that but um yeah just continuing to be a sponge where you're always like get getting value and receiving value but also giving value to others too because even when you are teaching somebody else that's just starting you start to look at what you're doing and you learn a lot from teaching so uh, definitely you know try and be both ways of teaching and learning yeah And to kind of add to that too, I mean, to answer the question of like, how did you grow into it? I feel like you want to constantly show off the work that you're doing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as you start posting it, as you start, you know, snapping pictures of it, putting on your Instagram, your LinkedIn, your Facebook, right? People get, people see that, right? People engage in it. And then, you know, people that they know engage with it. And that's really how you kind of grow that network is how, you know, from people understanding the scope of work that you do, and then they can see you kind of take on the pattern of growth. And then it all kind of falls into place in the simplest term, you know, LinkedIn, huge Post it on LinkedIn. I don't care if you're doing a rock bed for a house. Tell us how long it took you, you know, explain the process. What, what do you do better than your competition does? You know, it's simple things like that, that go a long way that you might not see right away, but you will see it in the future. Yeah, dude, you took the words right out of my mouth because like for one with LinkedIn, but two, just like, just be your own expert and talk about what problem you solved and why you solved it and how many cubic yards of dirt you had to bring in and what machines uh, you had to bring in and use and yeah, how much time was on site. And, and it's crazy how much of that, if you just get in a consistent flow of that on LinkedIn or on any of the platforms, but especially LinkedIn, um, for one, you're building a portfolio two, you're getting used to like, okay, this is business development. And this is, you know, me getting used to like recapping this project we just did. And then three, as you keep doing that, yeah, like you said, people are going to see it. It may not be a customer in the first six months or 12 months, but as you keep doing, as you keep building that habit, it, it's just going to keep growing your network. And so, you know, I've, I've been on LinkedIn now since I think 2014 but what really hit it hard since 2017. And it's just like, it's amazing. Like the network you can build, but I'm not doing anything crazy. I'm just talking about what I'm doing, what I did, what I know you're doing it. Yeah. Doing it. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, I I don't know everything either. And so you just, I always like to say, you know, if you're a dentist, talk about your dental procedures, just nerd out about it. If you're putting in a septic tank, nerd out about what you're doing and why, and you'd be surprised at how many people would be, um, interested in that correct correct going into the second part of that question again i'll recap second what would be your top advice or key takeaway for growing a company based on your experiences whether it's finding the right team implementing effective systems or something else 
Um, key takeaway from starting a business. The world is very small. Yeah. You will you will not understand how small the world is until you say you screw up a project for somebody and you, you know, no, no bad reviews or whatever, but that person is going to know a lot of people and it's going to come back at yet eventually. Or, you know, if you treat somebody wrong, it's going to come back to you as well. You know, my dad will always preach to me, Luke, all you have is your reputation. Once, once that's gone, it's gone. You're never going to get it back. He can try to work for it, but it'll never come back. So, my advice and biggest key takeaway is just, you know, be a very, be a, be a good person in a simple way. Be, be open, be honest, be willing to help, be willing to learn and just do what you say. I love that last part, the do what you say. It's amazing how many people don't do that. Um, yeah, my advice, I would chime in on this and this has helped me with our growth and it's helped other businesses that I've seen grow and entrepreneurs, but, uh, work on yourself. Like so many times we think we're, we're working on the business. We're doing all this stuff in business, but so many other areas of your life start to uh, slip. But when you flip it around and you're like, okay, I'm going to set goals for my personal self, my personal finances, my marriage, my faith, like my spiritual goals, like my physical goals. Uh, there's so many other areas where if you start working on those and those start to pick up, all of a sudden you're holding yourself higher. You're a lot more confident in meetings. You know, you know, you know your stuff. You don't have bags under your eyes. Like you're feeling good. Um, that has been a game changer. And the yeah. more I focus on myself, it, it sounds counterintuitive, but it sounds like I'm focusing less on business, but it's the opposite. The more I focus on myself, the more dialed in I am with business. So um, that, that would be my advice uh, to that. And then surround yourself with people too, that, that can push you and keep you, uh, hold you accountable. Mm -hmm. As far as like, you know, takeaways, you know, those are great takeaways, but as far as like within the business, you know, implementing systems, finding the right people, the right machines. Yeah. That's all part of it as well. But you you won't know that just starting out. So you yourself have to do the work. You yourself have to understand the process. And then from there, you can start building that team. You can build your equipment list. Okay, how can I do this job a little bit faster? Is it with the right piece of machinery? Is it adding another person? Um, you know, learning again, you know, looking at how other people do things too and trying to learn maybe from their mistakes. I know that's been a huge thing for us where, you know, again, I'll just scroll LinkedIn and I'll look at, yeah. you know, Garrett Moss is a perfect example. I'll always yeah. look at his shit because he's so like, this was fucked up. This is what we did. This is how it fixed it. You know, and you can relate that to, yeah. you know, however you want your business. But I mean, there's, there's so much information out there that it's almost, I don't want to say it's hard to fail, but it's hard to not gain knowledge and learn how to do things if you don't quite grasp the full concept. Yeah, definitely. And one other thing that I would recommend that anyone can implement that's listening, I talked about it before a while back, but um, it's just the exercise of, you know, the four boxes and this is any business owner. And so you draw a line, a, a big plus sign on a piece of paper and you write down everything you do as a business owner. And then you put, you categorize them into these four boxes. So you say, okay, top left is things I'm great at and things I love to do. And then top right is, you know, things I'm great at things I hate to do bottom left, uh, things I love to do, but I'm, I suck at. And then bottom right is things I suck at and I hate to do them. So 
in a sense, you take everything you do in the business, whether that's operating, sending invoices, meeting customers, running your Facebook page, whatever it is, you list everything out to the last detail and then you start categorizing them. And the goal is you start in the bottom right and you say, okay, well, I am horrible at doing my taxes and I don't even know how to do them. And so I hate it. And so that is one of the first things that you delegate out. And so you're like, okay, well, who, who's going to do this? Who's going to do the taxes? Yeah. It's a great exercise because you start with the most, you know, uh, the worst ones. And then once you're done with that, you're like, okay, now let's go to the one, the things I like to do, but I'm terrible at. So I shouldn't be doing them anyway. Somebody smarter than me needs to do this. Yeah. And you start delegating those and it doesn't have, you don't have to have a team of 20. This can be you and one other person and just figuring out who's doing what for now. So that's always a good exercise uh, at any time in your business just to do and, you know, find those bottlenecks where typically we are sitting and then uh, remove yourself, have somebody else that's better and uh, actually enjoys doing that. I agree. Kind of off that question, just kind of one me personally that I want to ask, what are three of like your biggest takeaways with business? I, I know I could name mine, but I want to hear yours first. Yeah. So, um, definitely, uh, it's, it's all in the mindset in my opinion. Um, people are attracted to other people and I think people want to work with people. So my opinion is, is if there's a way that you can, um, work with people that you enjoy doing business with, the others will come Mm -hmm. and really find that and show that and appreciate that. I think, you know, whether you have one client or a hundred clients or 500 clients, whatever it is, just appreciate them every step of the way. Because, um, you know, in this takeaway, like we're always so busy all the time, but it's like, it's pretty cool what we get to do running your own business, like starting from an idea and, and as an entrepreneur, like you're almost unemployable, a lot of us. And so what an opportunity that these people are giving us. Um, Another takeaway is learn to appreciate and enjoy the challenge. Uh, I love problem solving. I think that should be a big, everything should be hard and it sh- things should be breaking and systems, equipment, like employees. But that is why you're in the chair. That is why you're in charge. That is why God put you there. And so uh, just being it's it's exciting. Like you don't have to like look at it like the sky is falling down on you. It's like, yeah, let's let's strap our boots up and like let's figure this thing out. Um yeah, and the third thing is too, is just like look at it. Uh and I guess we did this. Um, you know, when you set your goals, like attach something to it, not just like, yeah, we want to hit uh five million dollars in revenue in five years, but like say, well, I want to be able to give hundred thousand dollar check to a charity in 2027 or 2026. And that's an actual goal of ours. And it's like, well, we can't write that check if we're doing a million dollars in revenue because with our profits and everything, it's like that, that would be everything. So attach some sort of why to it. And then why would you want to give to that charity? Why would you want to support that? So it makes business more exciting. It makes it more fun. Um, you get people around you excited about it. Your employees, um, bring them in on it, but, um, business has got to be a team game. I mean, you, you need people in your corner, whether they're a client, whether they're just a friend supporting you, um, maybe parents, 
uh, people that just check in on you, you need that whole group of people to bring this thing forward. So um, never feel like you shouldn't reach out and just like ask somebody like, Hey, you want to talk business sometime? Like it's one of my favorite things to do. Um, my, my dad and I do it. My a couple of my friends and I, we have a business meeting once a year at the end of the year. And we just sit down and we go through our numbers. We go through wins, losses, what we want to do. And having those people in your life is really uh, helpful and exciting because then you get excited about their business too, because the world doesn't revolve around you and your business. And it's just a great perspective to have uh, when you get to appreciate somebody else's business that they've got rocking too. Absolutely. Great takeaways. Great takeaways. Thank you. Yeah. Well, Luke, I think that wraps up our Q and a podcast. Yeah, dude, I think that was great. Um, we've got, uh, yeah, we'll, probably pump out another one here next month. So send us your questions. Um, yeah. And we'll, we'll go through them and yeah. I mean, as we keep going too, we'll probably do one rant a month and similar to the questions. Like if you have a rant topic, I know Luke usually picks them out, but, uh, anything you need us to go off on, um, I know we can, uh, we can definitely do that. So yeah, no, send us, send us any and all the rant topics are fun just because I mainly, if, if we ever have a rant, it's usually because it happened to me personally or Luke personally, but if you have a situation, we'd love to have you on for a rant episode. So let us know. Yeah, absolutely. And then we got some exciting guests coming up too. Um, I don't, I probably won't announce them here, but, uh, yep. some different topics that we haven't touched on, uh, recently. So I know we talked about retainage on one of the last episodes, which is really cool to dive into that. Um, but we've got some other topics that we haven't covered in our 40 some episodes. So, uh, yep. definitely excited for those guests. Be a breath of fresh air and, you know, huge topics too, as far as, you know, how business operations and, you know, what to expect and how to succeed basically. So those would be some fun topics. Yes, sir. All right, man. I think that's a podcast. Cheers, brother.